Spoiler alert, this episode contains spoilers for season three of Black Mirror. You're listening to Jack Loves TV. I'm Jack Kelly, and each week I sit down with one of my friends and discuss one of our favorite TV shows. This week, I'm joined by my dear friend, Kenzo Lee. Hello. And in honor of Halloween, we're talking <laughs> about Black Mirror Season 3. Awesome. Black um, this is this is my favorite season of Black Mirror. It's actually the first season I watched, so oh, yeah. that's pretty exciting. It's, it is, it's also like, it's the first season that they moved to Netflix, and so it has mm-hmm. a very different feel to it. Absolutely. You can really tell the difference between the first two seasons and then Season 3 and 4. Yes, and yes, that's absolutely true. It's wonderful, and you—you you are an actor. Yes, I am an actor. Yeah, oh, I'm an actor in Hollywood. Go figure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been in LA for over a decade. Uh, if you look me up online, you'd probably see—you've probably seen me in a variety of different commercials. I've done over 30 national commercials in my career, uh, and a bunch of television, including some of your favorite shows. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I've actually. <laughs> so actually, so we're both laughing because um, the. So we we worked together at um uh, for uh, uh uh one of the companies here in LA and we worked together the first time we worked together I kept looking at you and going you look really familiar <laughs> I know we've never met before but I but you look really familiar and then the second time we worked together between that time I w- I rewatched Happy Endings more mm-hmm. specifically yep. my favorite episode season three. Episode eight, no ho ho. Yeah, it's the which Christmas is, episode. It's the Christmas yeah. episode yeah. where you find out that Jane's a Christmas baby. Yeah, and you're in the first scene of She's that. She's a fake ID for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my first <laughs> co-star on a network television show. Was That's on Happy Ending. Awesome. Yeah, because I saw that, and the next time I saw you, it was like you were in Happy Endings. <laughs> you? <laughs> you did, and you said it just like that too. You're like. Hi. Hi. Wait, you're in Happy Endings. You're in my favorite episode. Um, and that's yeah. why, and it was like, after I watched that episode, I was like, that's it, that's it. That's it. That's 100% accurate. Um, I was so excited. I've also been in uh, How I Met Your Mother. I'm in the, the last season of How I Met Your Mother. I've okay. been on Modern Family, Girl Boss, a bunch of other shows. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a, 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 I've been fortunate enough to be on some really iconic television shows. Yeah. Um. Also, as well, I love doing stage. I was in a long-standing show. I, we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I was in a long-standing show called The Impersonators of Christopher Walken, all mm-hmm. about Walken. So I spent seven years hanging out with a bunch of totally different types, like tall, small, male, female, all, all different types. And all we did was talk like this for hours <laughs> at a time. <laughs> <laughs> in front of an audience of a hundred people every night, and just like, and telling Christopher Walken's life through, um, you know, through skits and what have you. But I'm sure that everyone was just sick and tired of hearing Christopher Walken's <laughs> voice for that show after a very long time. Um, but, but I mean, that's why they're there, though. I know. Is, yeah, is but, because... but I don't think they really realize the rabbit hole they're jumping down until they get there and go, "Oh, is this the entire show?" Oh, they weren't joking. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a part of the show, not the entire hour and a half. I'm going to be sitting down, and now the doors are locked, and I'm strapped in, and God, I'm stuck. God, jokes on the audience. Ha ha ha! <laughs> and that ran for seven years. Uh, I've been also fortunate enough to uh, work at Universal Studios Hollywood. Uh, you know, taken away from the magic in any way. I have, yes, I I know the Who's in Whoville <laughs> during Christmas time and Grinchmas, and uh, I'm also a part of the Waterworld Stunt Show, which is the longest running stunt show in the world, and is still the number one stunt show. It won the 2017 Thea Award, which is for wow. all the live entertainment venues uh, in the world. 
It's been around for since it's more popular than the movie. I'd like to say, it, yeah. more people have probably seen it in twenty three yeah. years than the I movie. Mean, I figured it was a movie, but I've never seen the movie. I want to watch the movie now because it's yeah. Watch the movie. It's actually I think it's on a I think it's on Hulu and Amazon. I think I love to check it out. It's I finally saw the show like <laughs> maybe a month ago, and I was really impressed. Unfortunately, Kenzo was not there that day oh we have rotating casts so. yeah but i was but watching it i was like oh my god <laughs> this is so intense there's like water and explosions you and like people swim. Fly. yeah we do have to know how to swim that's yeah. actually a really important part the first thing they yeah. do is they go okay jump in the pool let's see you swim well it's like watching that but also seeing people literally diving at least a hundred feet into the water well yeah it's i mean the biggest jump is a 45 foot drop uh, and the guy who does it has to do it while he's on fire. So it's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. I would say that one was terrifying, but there was another fall. It was like I was sitting, I guess, um, house right. Yeah. Um, and there was a guy that was standing like near the the doors to mm-hmm. the the atoll who just like he dies. He gets shot. And he just falls right into the water. And he just falls, drops right he in. Collapses just like as a dead bat and it was like i was more terrified for that because he like sold it yeah just like i'm a dead body and was like oh my god and that's and that's the first person who gets gets uh you know killed in the in the show yes. so it's a big shocker for most people you can actually hear the audience just go <gasps> when someone actually gets killed it was a good guy so it's a big thing it's nuts and it's just like the amount of stuff that's like you gotta how deep is that pool it goes anywhere from uh, like six, seven, eight feet all the way down to 25 feet at the lowest point. Okay, thank God. I was like, please tell me it's a deep, deep pool. <laughs> if that's like 12 feet, oh God. It gets, it gets deeper in certain areas specifically for the stunts. It's actually, if you, right. it's, if you look at it, it's hollowed out and just a very weird kind of concave pattern yeah. all throughout it. It's beautiful. I mean, it's actually, it's an amazing set to be on and to know that it's been around for that long and to know that it's still kicking and it's still like one of the most popular things in the park yeah i mean it is it is such a great example of what of what people can do for stunts (laughs) like it is just and like the it's the best job i mean it's the best job if i was going to have a survival job of any kind yeah in hollywood Mm -hmm. i mean waiting tables i did that for over you know eight nine years yeah but man, working in front of 3,000 people for every show and doing it multiple times a day is just a dream come true. It's yeah. amazing to do Waterworld. My other thought was like, okay, if you have to do this multiple times a day, like you have to get completely soaking wet mm-hmm. multiple times a day. And then <laughs> you're, you're like, you're worried about the wet portion dry. of this. Like, you're like worried about the water. I'm not worried about the water. I'm more concerned about, you know, running around on wet cement and doing the fights and falling. And you're like, I don't want to get wet. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I guess it's like the plan, but it's like, it's like, and I understand that it's like, okay, yeah, you're going to be wearing the wet clothes and you're planning for that. But it's just, I don't like, I like being in the water, but I don't like wearing all the clothes and being in I the understand. water. Okay. I get it. Um, well, also, fortunately enough, we do have like laundry hampers and dryers and stuff. We're not like wearing wet clothes all day. Well, and I'm assuming you have multiple outfits throughout yeah. the day. So yeah. We have a little bit of a budget. It's okay. <laughs> That's you're all stuck, I was the, thinking you're about. stuck in the like, same soaking pants for the entire just, day. 
he just it's I mean it's just so funny because it's like you almost like swimmers like you just know that you're like okay there's a period of my day where I will just be in a pool yeah and I have to accept that but I mean there's also like fire happening and there's there is fire. Like zip lines and there's stuff like that there's zip lines there's there's moving watercraft of vehicles and so many you know i mean we <laughs> warned so we warned skis. the audience at the beginning and we're like hey you guys are going to get wet i'm just warning you oh they people w- don't get wet they get soaked like oh, yeah. people come out of it looking like a wet dog just like dripping with water and they're not ready for it a lot of the time too nope that's why i said pretty high up yeah. and there is and there is a language barrier because a lot of people at universal studios are traveling right uh, as tourists so if they don't speak english there really is a question mark of oh do you understand how wet you're actually going to get here no yeah they don't they don't they don't get it <laughs> there was a uh i just it's just so funny too because there's parts where you know those of you that are hosting actually get like the 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 guns and stuff. To, mm-hmm. They're not like guns; they're like water guns, water, like super soakers. Yeah. yeah, giant super soakers and just douse audience. Members. Well, it's supposed to be the we're firing a warning shot. We're letting you guys know because I mean, you get yeah. shot by a water cannon out of a hand. That is nothing compared to getting shot by the jet nozzle of a high level jet ski. I yeah. mean. And getting blasted at 10 feet range, you're going to get hit with like three gallons of water at a time. Yeah. And and those guys are precise too. So they're going to, if they want to hit you, you're going to get hit with water. Yeah. It's, I just, uh, yeah, there was, there at our show, there was one guy who was, uh, you know, there's always that one person that's like going to sass back or like oh, try yeah. to be funny. Oh, yeah. And... Of course, they're just like, I don't want to get wet. And it's like, dude, you're sitting in the splash zone. Do you like, think that we can control where the water goes? I mean, is that what you think? Like, we can just, you're going to have an invisible force field in front of you because you don't want to get wet. No, like, that's not how it goes. No, 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 no. So I also really appreciate the people who show up, want to sit in the splash zone, but then show up with ponchos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, are, yeah. They're my favorite. <laughs> well, they're they're the best. Like, And then the, my favorite one also <laughs> is the one person who will pull up an umbrella and pop it out right before the show starts, like trying to block the water. And now has an enormous umbrella, like, blocking 10 people's view. They're like, yeah, no, you can't have that. So their only thought, their only way they thought they would be able to defend themselves against the water is now officially gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> or, you know, the other way, which is not sitting in the splash zone. <laughs> sure. Show up a little early and don't sit in the green section. That's That might be the easiest way to solve this problem. That's what I did. Yeah, I sat up high enough that I wouldn't get wet. Mm-hmm. Um, I unfortunately did have to sit a little bit in the sun, but that was okay. That's okay, because in case you did get wet, you would have been fine. I would have been fine. I also live within walking distance of Universal, so I could have just walked home being soaking wet and just changed it home. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the cool things about the show also, since it runs all year long, yeah. um, you actually do have two completely different audiences. During the summertime, we have this audience that loves to get wet. So there's people, there's kids standing in the front row just like eyes wide open, like, get me wet, douse yeah. me, hit me with water, <laughs> shoot me down. Their parents are obviously extremely, like, you know, worried about that. But they, yeah. they're loving it. And then in the wintertime... <laughs> You'll come in, and it'll be, you know, it'll be a nice overcast day in Los Angeles. It'll be not that warm, like, 60s. And the entire place will be filled except for the soak sections. There will be, like, just big pockets of green all throughout it. And then there will be the one child or the one adult who is insane wearing, you know, a T-shirt and shorts sitting in the green section thinking for some reason they won't get wet. 
oh, bless those people. Yeah, they bless they, them they in their optimism. Trouble. Yeah, <laughs> they become the source of a lot of entertainment for us doing the show. <laughs> it's yeah. If so, if you if you haven't been to Universal Studios or you have and haven't been to, you need Water to see World. the Waterworld show. The Waterworld stunt show is by far the most. It's it's an amazing experience. You have to everyone has experienced yeah. it at least once. It's extremely impressive. Thank you. So we, highly, we appreciate hearing that. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, as somebody that could never do any of that stuff, very. Impressive. Oh, I'm sure you could. <laughs> I could, maybe. You have to train. I mean, it's it's not like we just I mean, get up in the morning and go. I'm going to go jump yes. off a 45 foot drop. No. I mean, I also I was almost on a swim team when i was younger so you i could probably do a lot swim. of it yeah i mean I just it's the falling part that it's just like it's not like <laughs> you I know died. what's really funny is i'm actually scared of heights so for me oh. that was a big <laughs> thing um my biggest stunt that i do is i get uh chained up by my ankles and i get dropped 20 feet off my oh, back that's you that's me great that's great right <laughs> now i had never done anything like that before when i got this job right so I had to train into it. So they would drop me from three feet and five feet and seven <laughs> feet. And and it was just one of those things where repetition and you create, you know, a sense of control of your body and yeah. the air. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. You're ready for it. You know how to breathe. You know yeah. how to move your arms and legs. Yeah. If something happened where you're in midair and you're falling a little differently, yeah. you can try to adjust and compensate as yeah. best as possible. You know who's around you who can help and you, you have a lot of happen. And there's one of the best things about that show is that everything has a huge amount of safety attached to it. Mm-hmm. If you... I mean, obviously, I think that people who are watching the show would never notice this, but every single stunt, and there are a plethora of stunts, there's at least 20 actual stunts in the show, there's always at least two people watching it for safety's sake. Oh, wow. We also have three stage managers. We have a huge tech crew. Everyone is trained with first aid and CPR, and if anything ever did happen that might be dangerous, either from the cast or also from the audience. We've had some crazy audience interactions as well. I bet. Um, people have decided to jump in the pool. Yep. People have decided to swim over. There's there's uh, prop Gatling guns. A kid actually jumped in the water, swam to the middle, and tried to pull a Gatling gun and tried to shoot uh, the bad guys with it. Um, we're prepared for a lot of different situations. That one I'm not sure if we're prepared for. but No one's ever prepared for that. <laughs> no one's prepared for the crazy kid who decides to jump into the middle of the... Uh, the water out of nowhere. The yeah. parents were probably mortified. I, I do not know what happened. It's actually on YouTube if you want to check it out. Oh my god. Yeah. It's you find the link for that and post it on this one. It's it's audience, entertaining. Audiences are always the wild card. You oh, just yeah. you're just like, I mean anything could happen. And there's three thousand people in that audience, so you never know. At one time. At one time. And there's you know, between two and seven or eight shows a day, depending on how busy the park is and you know what the weather is like. So So many. Yeah. So many. Like I said, I think that more people have seen the Waterworld stunt show at Universal Studios than have actually watched the movie. If you gauge it all out based upon the revenue. It checks and out. And what have you. It actually checks out. Checks out. Totally checks out. Uh, <laughs> we so, just spent like 10 minutes talking about Waterworld. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. We're light on TV news this week, so I think that's perfect. Is, yeah, perfect. this is good. I mean, people don't really hear about what happens like in like working on stuff like that, and stunts is unfortunately a category of work in entertainment that does not get the recognition that's, that's that it actually should. very true i mean stunts is one of those things that um we look at it in uh, from an outside perspective and this is how i felt until i was in it you assume that it's very very simple it's it's very much like okay you're gonna do this and it's gonna look like it hurts and that's it 
But the, the truth about it is, is there's a lot of science that's involved with it, a lot of planning, mm -hmm. because the idea is not about making it look really good. The idea is making it look extremely dangerous, but being as safe as humanly possible. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many things that are in place regarding the physics of it, the medicine, the science of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of folks don't really realize it. Even those in the entertainment industry don't really realize it until you're watching someone actually do some of these crazy car stunts or doing things where people are getting yanked on ratchets and thrown through the air. Yeah. I mean, that, those have to happen multiple times. There's one girl on our show, uh, one of the girls who plays Helen was an enormous stunt on 911 in the first season. It's actually the one that you see in the promo videos okay. where she drops off of a uh, 100 foot crane. And that was actually a real body, oh my God. a real person strapped oh my God. up on the back to like safety latches, dropping off a hundred foot drop oh my God. and it had to be done multiple times oh because you're shooting the actress. It's the actual actress yeah. who was a stunt person as well yeah. doing both parts. And, Nicole, and her name is Nicole Redinger. She did an amazing job with that. Yeah. Um, and obviously it, it catapulted the show because it was the first promo that people saw. Yeah. You know, it's. I just started rewatching 911 and it's like it's a Ryan Murphy show so it's going to be bonkers. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's also just like every time that they're like, "Oh, here's another dangerous thing." You're just like, "Oh my god, how mm -hmm. are you guys doing this?" Mm -hmm. The the thing about stunts is that um I had a coworker when I worked at Starbucks who did stunts. Uh-huh. And she was always telling me that you know that for stunts there's specializations so there is there's so many specializations yeah, so it's like if you have a character that can do all these different things chances are they probably have three different at least three different at least stunt three. Yeah, you have a driver you have a fighter you have a faller probably yeah at yeah. least at the minimum or if you have somebody that is experienced doing horseback somebody yes. that's experienced there's a difference between somebody being able to do firearms versus doing bows and arrows that's there's a correct. difference between melee and ranged and it's like you know then there's also the hand-to-hand -hand, and it's like you like and and a stunt person maybe has one probably two maybe three Mm -hmm. That's rarely for specialization. That's hundred percent correct. Yeah. But it's like, but it and it requires so many different things. And so she actually was a stunt double on um, Westworld in the first season. Oh, cool! The, Horseback. Yes, she was um, the the. I don't remember the character's name, but she was um, blonde with like the tattoos, like all down the side of her body. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was her stunt double because she showed up to work one time with the tattoos like poking out the bottom of her pants. Oh, that's cool because they had to put them on for long term. Yeah, and so we're like, great. "What is this about?" And she's like, "I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. Just I'll just let you know that it looks cool. <laughs> like, I'll let you know right. that it looks cool. That's all great. right, Kate. And I'll if a stunt you. person's really doing their job too, as well, you'll never ever know that they did it. Yeah, because that's the trick. Is there's so many things that are stunt worthy, like just riding a horse yeah. is a huge thing. Most of the times, a lot of actors um, will be may or may not be trained on a horse. And you have a show like Westworld that has hundreds of people on horseback. You're going to need to have people who know how to handle a horse with hundreds of people around, with hundreds of other horses around, galloping down a hill, you know, yeah. racing up and stuff. And most of the times they will have, uh, if you're having more than one unit running for a big TV show too, yeah. you'll need to have people doubling everyone. Yeah. And that's why it's such a big deal when they say, oh, this actor did all their own stunts because it's the production took a big risk. Oh, huge risk. I mean, that's why Tom Cruise is like, you just go, what are you doing, Tom? <laughs> well, Xenu is protecting him. So, you know, 
everything's fine. Well, I mean, like you look at that also as well. And, and yes, uh, a majority of the time, a lot of the folks do their own stunts uh, or claim that they do. Um, <laughs> or they'll do like half the stunt. They'll, they'll do they'll do a majority of the stunts. Yeah. That sometimes they may not make it may not make it look as good as yeah. a stunt person actually could, but sometimes you want that coverage for the face and movement and stuff like that. So yeah. a really interesting part about a stunt person's job is to learn how to mimic movement and body type and structure and mm-hmm. gait and all that stuff like that when you're doubling somebody. Yeah. I mean, I'm personally, I'm not going to be doubling very many folks out there because of my height, my build. Yeah. But if you're a five foot nine, five foot ten white guy of a certain build, you're going to work all the time if you yeah. know how to mimic somebody's walk and run and you can figure it out like yeah. you could be you could be daniel craig you could be andy garfield you could be any of these different guys based upon just little tweaks to wardrobe and your hair and stuff like that and those guys work a ton and you'll never even know them you'll never recognize them no you know? and it's one reason why the oscars and i would and i would say the emmys too need to recognize they do stunt they performers do. i mean now sag does sag has yeah. a stunt performers uh, ensemble award yeah but i think that they're actually the only um award show that does yeah they do don't they one of them does was it sag that does stunt coordination i, I know they have an ensemble award for television yeah. I, and i think for movies as well but i don't believe that there's a coordination it's, one it, it's a very yeah. murky water too because it's such a collaborative effort that's like where yeah. do you become a coordinator and where do you not so but really they should be recognized like screw this whole popular movie thing which yeah, now what, they're that's, not doing anymore that's a weird one they're not doing now. it again well they're not their Oscars have said no to it for the next for this upcoming year for whatever reason. But you know, they're they should really just they should honestly put a stunt category in instead. Well, I think stunts and casting are the two that really need to yeah. be recognized. I mean, casting directors are the ones who create the vision because yeah. they're the ones who come. Like you get you get a director and a producer who will say, "I want you know A, B, C, and D actors." The, big top four actors that we want the casting director is the one that brings every other choice to fill in the rest of that story and make it as three-dimensional as it can be it creates the diversity of a show it creates the world it's how it looks i mean like you think about you know for example like you look at westworld i mean ed harris is is amazing Mm -hmm. um and you look at all these the lead actors are phenomenal but it's all the small parts that are inside of there that makes that show the ensemble that it is yeah and they don't and and producers and directors are don't come with those ideas casting directors usually get to throw those out there yeah and that's where you get to see all the actors that you're like oh i've never seen that person before Mm -hmm. or you've seen them in smaller roles in other things yeah and you know they're brought in to fill in the world and that's where you see a lot of the breakout characters because they were Mm -hmm. just brought in as like oh they'll play really well off of you know for the good place for instance oh you know they'll they'll play really well off of Kristen bell and because we're focusing on Kristen bell and ted danson but we have to fill out the rest of the cast right and so that's who they found and And that's like and a show like lost is another great example of that too when you have you know, 30 main characters, you're going to be focused on maybe one or two of them an episode or maybe four or five in groups. But then at some point, every character is going to have these backstories and have these amazing uh, arcs. And the casting directors are the ones that really kind of find those people and go, oh, you've never seen this person before, but man, I saw, you know, her off Broadway five years ago and I still have her stuff and she's an amazing actress. And the next thing you know, it's yeah. somebody from you know who who breaks out from Lost. Yeah, it's just just a matter of time. Yes.
it's so about, it's about finding talent. There's so much talent out there. So much, so much. So, like I said, for TV news, there's there's really nothing this week, honestly. <laughs> Seth Meyers was on SNL. Yeah, like that was basically yes. it. And I had something on here, but it's really it's not even that What's big of that? a story. What is it? Um, Steve Carell. They're talking about doing an Office revival, and Steve Carell has come out and said that. Uh, he thinks that the show would actually be impossible in the current climate, especially due to who Michael is and okay. how yeah. he operates in the world. He just doesn't feel that it would be appropriate or that his character would be even as liked as he was when the show was on because of how attitudes have changed and how people feel about certain um, that's things interesting. That Michael Scott had that's done interesting. I can show. I can definitely see that being um, yeah. something that might. I mean, you look at any television show that's taken out of the context of its time period, and it completely changes. Like I used to oh, be. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Cheers. Yeah. Like I'm a huge fan of Cheers. That was the show that I grew up with with my my parents, and I would watch that late at night. I watched the reruns on Nick on Nick at Night all the time and stuff like that, and you forget until you watch it again in the current climate how much of a dog sam is sam oh, alone yeah. is is just yeah it's 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 a, a reflection of the time period and i mean I, w- I was never a huge huge fan of the office but i could definitely see michael scott being a character that might be much more divisive now yeah based upon the current political and socio climates that are kind of occurring yeah exactly so it's so that's you know that's a conversation that's ongoing it also just helps me in my argument why revivals and reboots need to stop that is 100 percent accurate i mean <laughs> I man i could do i could do we could do an entire episode just on that That's, i could do a whole year of episodes on how much i hate revivals and reboots i could i could go into just my, okay one of my favorite movies <laughs> the last few years was was get out yeah i mean as, as i think a lot of people were just like blown away by get amazing. out um and one of the main reasons why it was good because well, one of the main reasons why is because it wasn't a reboot. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was something one hundred percent original and something really, really fresh. It wasn't an adaptation. It either. wasn't an adaptation. It was just something that came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and kind of kicked you. I know we're talking about movies. I'm sorry. It's supposed to be television. It's fine. <laughs> Get out is Jordan Peele used to do TV. It's fine. Oh yeah. So that's that's a connection. So also, Key and Peele. It's fine. Also, okay. that Daniel um, uh, Kaluuya. Bringing it back to Black Mirror oh, was in yes. fifteen million uh, merits. 15, 000, so, uh, 15 million merits. Yeah, fifteen million is. merits. That is so. that is by far also one of my favorite episodes. We should bring, bring it back it to back around. We're going to bring it back to Black Mirror at some point today. We'll get there. Speaking of Netflix, though, yeah, um, we talked about this for a second. Iron yeah. Fist got canceled. Yes, that's I'm, a big thing. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> well, I actually find it very interesting. I actually just watched the second season um, last week. Yeah, and I was pleasantly surprised i mean as an asian american actor we could go into an entire another podcast about that's a whole thing the appropriation <laughs> of a character like iron fist from the 60s and 70s and like you know the whole the whole white savior syndrome which mm. of course comes back to the whole reboots remakes yeah you know kind of reconsistent tropes that kind of go on yeah. in television and film but i was actually very impressed with the second season because they learned from their mistakes in the first season and focused on the things that the audience actually was interested in. Oh, Did good. you watch the second season? I watched zero seasons okay. of Iron Fist. Well, then you have nothing to compare it to either way. There's, yep. it's, a rough, it's a rough first season, and it's a slightly 
more improved. But well, I, I would actually say slightly. It's definitely, you know, on a scale of one to five, season one was in the one two range, but season two is is in the three four range pretty okay. easily for me. Okay. But I have my theories about what's going on with the cancellation of Iron Fist. Okay. I may have read one of these theories online Did you? earlier. Okay. Yeah. So when is the Disney streaming um, network supposed to come out? That's a good question. I have a feeling they're going to try to drop it sometime next year. So wouldn't it be... And what I've noticed also as well is every single article saying that it says Netflix cancels Iron Fist season three. Netflix does this. Netflix will not be bringing Iron Fist back. Yeah. Isn't it the most appropriate thing to be able to take your products that Disney owns and start slowly removing them from Netflix. Yeah, that's a thing Disney would do. And start slowly putting them onto their streaming service, similar to what DC did with their DC Universe. They're trying to get content that they know the audiences are going to be drawn to. Yeah. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to put a show like Iron Fist, which had a better second season, and yeah. put a third season onto, onto, onto a, a new streaming service. I had read that there was interest in, there was a, uh, in the second season... Uh, Daughters of the... Daughters of the Dragon. Yes. That is actually that is that, that's, the best part of season two of Iron and, Fist. <laughs> and that's the thing is that somebody said, you know what? What if they did that show mm-hmm. and if they if they canceled that and then put it on the Disney streaming service, but not as Iron Fist, but as... Daughters the, of the Dragon. Daughters of the Dragon. Like, these, like this article and like all the people that were liking it were like, yes. I would 100% watch that. Uh, without giving away any spoilers, Dodge the Dragon focuses on two of the supporting characters from Iron Fist Season 2. Yeah. Uh, and they actually became a team-up in the comic books, which is really awesome. Two very, very interesting characters that kind of are very... Um, have a really great chemistry. Yeah. It would be it would be very good to see that. I think, actually, yeah. it takes away a lot of the fat that's from Iron Fist from the series. Yeah. So that'd be yeah. interesting. I would like to see that. That's true. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Huh. I haven't seen the show, so. But I still have a feeling I'm that, you know, like, I just feel as if Netflix people. is going to start slowly but steadily removing their Marvel content. Well, and I it's think gonna Marvel's going to be removing so. their Mar- content. <laughs> <laughs> it's less Netflix and Marvel going, hey, can we have that back, yes, please? Yes, enjoy Black Panther on Netflix while you can, guys. Oh, God, it's going to be gone. That's what they're going to keep doing. So <laughs> <laughs> the other things that I want to bring up... Uh, FBI, New Amsterdam, and The Resident all got full orders, so they're going to be having full seasons. And the renewals okay, the renewals that happened was Kidding, that's Jim Carrey's new show, mm-hmm. and Ozark got a third season. I'm not surprised by any of those. No, me neither. Um, I definitely think that we're now in a new stage. I mean, like you know we had Shondaland for the longest time for television, mm-hmm. and every Grey's Anatomy spinoff you can possibly think of, which is, so which, is, which is amazing, because they're still going for what, like 15 seasons, 14 seasons? S- 16 seasons. Okay, see, 16 seasons. 16, maybe 17. But I love the idea that we're getting these new shows coming in that kind of have kind of uh, it's a new sensibility, new storylines, new yeah. characters. Uh, so you have your FBI drama, this this hour long drama, which I haven't watched yet, but I saw the I saw the the uh, the extended previews for it from the pilots. I Uh-oh. haven't seen FBI, <laughs> but the fact that if it you guys is... can't you guys can't see this, but Jack is literally rolling his eyes. Well, I. <laughs> I have talked about FBI on the show before and I laughed so hard because it's a Dick Wolf show and it was like Dick Wolf went all right it's, it's a show about the F, the the New York division of the FBI and go. and they're like and they're like what is it called he goes FBI, FBI. great <laughs> Okay, maybe it's not as inventive as I've seen it for the. Maybe there was a really great trailer that was edited together. I mean, that's the thing. Okay, 
<laughs> to throw it out there, man. <laughs> I, I actually uh, I have a friend of mine who works for um, for Trailer Park. Okay. And so I was completely unaware of this, but when you have a movie coming out, a bunch of different companies will pitch their trailers to mm. become the one that's picked up for a movie. Mm. And a big movie, like let's say, I don't know, let's go Black Panther, will have multiple different production companies with different trailers being released, which is why one trailer will be absolutely insanely awesome. And the next trailer will be kind of meh, you know, kind of weird. And so I always feel as if with um, television upfronts, when they get the upfront premieres, they always get for each show that they try to find Mm -hmm. the best trailer they can to sell it. Yeah. Which sometimes is absolutely nothing like the show itself. I'm assuming FBI is in that category. We'll see. New Amsterdam is really good. So I'm enjoying that. You should start watching that one. So let's go into talking about Black Mirror. After 25 minutes. This is why we're here. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. No, I I enjoyed our conversation. I don't regret a single second. I regret nothing. No no regrets. No regrets. Exactly. So Black Mirror season three is one of the... It is it is one of the best seasons of Black Mirror, though it is very hard to say because Black Mirror is just all around very good. Surprisingly good, yeah. And there's only a couple weak episodes, in my opinion. I agree with that. Just over the whole course of it. And even then, the weak episodes are better than the strongest episodes of some shows. So for those of you that uh, maybe don't remember, but Black Mirror is an anthology show that posits questions regarding our relationship with technology and how we might go too far sometimes. And it is really like, it's not really, I wouldn't say horror, but it's more thriller and psychological. Definitely thriller and psychological. There's some horror aspects depending on the episode. I mean, there's some horror episodes in season three. There's probably two, I think there's two major horror specific. Well, definitely one. Yes. Possibly two. Yes. We're Um, talking, we're, we're, we're only talking about three of them just due to time, but, and the three that I picked are not the horror ones they're more of the psychological and That's societal sure. ones mm-hmm. so let's just go into the first one sure We're talking about nose one. nosedive which i think is my favorite of the season you know it's the first actually it's the first black mirror episode i ever saw um we had talked about it. my parents actually had seen it first my parents are this amazing uh 1970s graduated from berkeley like super woke parents, country granola parents, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, riots and Jimi Hendrix, right? Um, and they said, "Oh, have you seen this show called Black Mirror? It's on Netflix. It's so, it's so interesting. You should, we should watch it. Let's watch it." So my my now wife, currently at the time, was my girlfriend, and I and my parents sat down and watched Nosedive yeah. together. Um, and should we talk a little bit about the episode? Yeah. First? Okay. So, yeah. so nosedive is basically uh, starts off with this close to modern society, maybe a little bit past where we are now, society mm-hmm. where a majority of your um, socioeconomic status is based specifically upon a rating system. And so everyone has a five star rating system that they're kind of uh, given. Every time you interact with somebody, you're, you can give them a rating. It starts off with uh, what's what's uh, Lacey? Is that her name? Yeah, Lacey. Yeah, Lacey goes to a barista and orders a coffee and get, gives the guy a five star rating for the experience, and he gives her a five star rating back. And it's kind of the entire society is based upon this rating scale. Yeah, and it's really interesting too because that the way that they set it up i also we also need to point out that this episode is written by rashida jones and mike sure yes and mike sure i've sung his praises he's 
you know, the creator of The Good Place. So this is like right up that alley too. And it's, this is before Good Place too. It is so before is... Good Place. And it's, it's, the episode is, is funny and terrifying at the same time. It starts off funny and then it just slowly starts, you know, falling into this, this utopic society is not as nice yeah. as you would ever think it would be. Because it's, because the way that it's, the way that Black, like this episode is terrifying is, because it starts off like, oh, this is a really interesting way that we're rating people. And you actually see how people are rated. Like the barista, for instance, mm-hmm. has like a 3.7 rating. And you know that it's because people are awful to people who work in customer service. Right. You just know that. And the people who have higher ratings have better homes, have better cars, have more things accessible to them. And the people with lower ratings lose opportunities and that's right that's right and that becomes frighteningly more apparent throughout the episode as kind of Lacey starts to basically the idea being that Lacey is going to be the maid of honor at her childhood friend's wedding this is this is and her childhood friend is a four point seven or four point eight four point nine like she's she's way up there she's played by Alice Eve and Alice Eve is (laughs) I think Alice Eve is one of the I think Alice Eve is one of those um very, very uh, unassuming great actresses that's yeah. out there. Like I, 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 I always look at her and I go, you know, she's she's, she's very pretty and she plays mm-hmm. the pretty girl very, very well. But yeah. there's something really threatening and frightening about yeah. her at the same time. Yeah, she's she's one of those actors that I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna go see the new thing that Alice Eve is in. If she's in a thing I'm watching, I'm enjoying her 100 percent go see iron fist season two no <laughs> that means i have to watch season one she was the you have to you have to you have to suck it up and to watch that first uh, I, have so I know many other things I know. to watch but she, but she is phenomenal and I, I didn't even know she was in iron fist season yeah. two and as soon as she showed up i was like oh that's alice eve yeah. and my wife's like who's that she's pretty who is she <laughs> <laughs> but she was really really good um, uh-huh. And her performance in this is just the same way because she starts off being this, and it, everything's super bubbly. Lacey is overly bubbly. Everything she like does her is brother keeps pointing it out. Like yeah. you're annoying. You're annoying. <laughs> like he says it, and he's like, what? He's like a two point nine or something. He's he's a little he's, bit higher. He's, he's like a three point two. He's just like he doesn't care. He doesn't care. And the, and you you see the differentiation in society throughout the episode between those who thoroughly care about their rating so so much mm-hmm. and because it gives them socioeconomic status because yeah. it gives them a nicer car because mm-hmm. they get better seating on the plane and then you see the folks who don't give a darn about it yeah. like um like the truck driver which yeah. is uh played by cherry jones who yeah. was in 24 so, right she she won an emmy so for 24 right? she's so good she's amazing and it's a it's and she's a huge broadway star and she's done yeah. a bunch of other uh like major character roles you look at her and you go oh i know her from somewhere yeah and Lacey's played by bryce dallas howard oh yeah <laughs> who just kills it mm-hmm. like her she she legitimately like it is i think the scariest part about it is that you know she has to try so hard to keep her rating but she's very clearly not that person no and, she's not she's so, desperate to keep it because she thinks that that's what she's being judged by in her yeah life. yeah and it's you know and it's kind of saying that like this sort of system is forcing people to not be themselves and to kind of cater to the whims of other people mm-hmm. and you know she is she just she tries so so hard she there's a scene where she is actually practicing her laugh yeah in the mirror over and over again to see how it would be responded to isn't she like looking at 
herself in the mirror using yeah. her rating system. Yeah. And, yeah. and you also, you know, you see everybody's rating system as you know, you go through literally the smallest interactions, everybody will rate themselves and you see her get, you know, she gets, uh, you know, deflated when she sees she gets four stars on an interaction mm. when it, sh- when she gave them five. Right. And it's, it's so, you know, I, that's how I would feel. You know, if that were to happen. Now, out of curiosity, also this this episode, I know there's a lot of recurring themes throughout Black Mirror, and yeah. a lot of them have to do with not um, with certain pieces of technology. Yeah. Um, don't they have the eye implants? Yes. This one. Yes. Okay, so the eye implants that are in this have been used in uh, the entire history of you, which is from season one, I think. Yes. Isn't that right? Yes. And then we also see them other times in this season. You also see them with the I think it's called Man at Arms. Is that the episode? Man, the, Man on Fire. Man on Fire. Yeah. Which is the one, which is the, uh, which is the military episode, which we won't be talking about today, which unfortunately. Which is fine. But it's an altered reality, so you're seeing a gloss over reality yeah. that you can, uh, that therefore when she looks at somebody, she immediately can tell what their rating is, or she can immediately tell what they do and what they like and what they don't like. It's yeah. kind of like Google Glass for contact lenses, basically. But they're actually, yeah. in, they're actually implants in your eyes. Yeah, and, you know, she eventually, she... <laughs> Just it's a series of unfortunate events, really, and oh, her she life falls just, apart. <laughs> she just collapses, and with each ding of her rating, mm-hmm. she she breaks down even further. So it just makes it's it's a self perpetuating system, right? And she eventually breaks down all the way to zero, which right. is mythological. She, she ends up at the uh, at the wedding. Some throughout the series of fortunate events that includes like not being allowed on the plane because her rating's not good enough, getting docked another full star or point because she's having an issue at the airport. Yeah. Not being able to get a nice car for her rental because of the fact that she has a lower rating because she got the star docked originally. Yeah. And then her car runs out of gas or hydrogen and she can't get it filled because she doesn't have the adapter because they didn't give it to her. She ends up getting that uh, ride from the truck driver and she shows up just covered in mud at the wedding for, uh, for her, uh, for her friend who really was never her friend in the first place, no. who uh, was there was only inviting her to get the sympathy uh, and, and algorithm. It's like you yeah. have a, this, if you show up at my wedding, you'll get the sympathy algorithm. So it'll increase my, It'll increase my score even more. But on the flip side, Lacey's also only going because she, she's trying to get her rating up. Because it's all going to be 4.5s and above or like right. 4.7s and above. So she knows that being in that sort of environment will help her rating. And so it is people aren't actually being friends or nice to each other. Of course other. not. It's about the rating. It's about the rating right. because of what it affords them. And so she drops down to zero and is hauled out of there. She's this horrible, horribly sad, um, like, best uh, maid of honor speech, which she's been practicing for the entire episode. (laughs) And she becomes this whirlwind of sadness. (laughs) And Bryce Dallas Howard kills this. She just nails it. Oh, man, it's so so hard to watch. It is extremely hard to watch. But that's exactly what it's supposed to be. And they... um, they take her away and they lock her up and they remove her implant. That's her penalty, right? Yeah. They remove her implant. Yeah. And there's this moment where she's sitting there in this cell. Yeah. And it's a moment of euphoria. Like it's a, it's a, they actually, you freeze on the dust particles in the air. Yeah. And you watch kind of the world kind of settle and you see her face just start changing all of a sudden. Yeah. And it was like it, the, the commentary of getting disconnected from uh technology for even those brief seconds or what have you is is 
fascinating. And it's also the disconnection between really having to keep performing because once this is removed, you know, she and and the guy that she meets in prison basically who's, who's in a really nice suit and looks like he might be a lawyer or something like that yeah you, you never really find out what he is they start yelling at each other yeah um, just yelling profane things yeah, profane, at each other. really really horrible profane things and she's and it's almost like you start to revel in that because you can say whatever you want yeah. you're not gonna be ju- you're gonna be judged for it but it's only your personality it's not a rating system where you're gonna hold it against you yeah yeah and it's you know it's it's interesting you can kind of tell that they took this example from real life things that have kind of come out there was an app called people p-e-e-p-e-l-e oh yeah i heard about this that was supposed to be for people rating each other and you know people understandably went absolutely not <laughs> we're not gonna but do it's this. kind of scary when we're in a society where you know like you look at instagram and twitter yeah and you're gauged by the number of followers and the number of interactions you have as yeah. opposed to how you are or who you are as a person right and this you know this app and i mean really the episode is kind of yelp for people it is it, it exactly is yeah. helpful for people and and the thing is with yelp is that you'll have people that will legitimately say like oh well we should give this restaurant one star ratings because then it'll tank their business but it's you know you should genuinely give them stars based on how they actually do their business. Yeah, genuine. Genuine is the right word. You know, and people are using that to prevent people from owning businesses. And there's certain situations where it's understandable or you could just boycott the restaurant. You know, giving... Sometimes people will go in there and, you know, it'll it'll tank because people are having a bad day or they just want to complain about right. something. Which is why customer service is such a hard thing because yeah. sometimes people will come in looking to pick a fight. Yep. You know. Yeah, and it's 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 but yeah, Yelp for people and you just it's terrifying. It's terrifying because you know, you do look at the idea that I mean, Black Mirror is always a reflection of what actually is going on in our society and you can kind of every episode has this kind of idea of what is the cause and effect of this piece of technology. And this one, to me, I mean, it was the first episode I watched. So for me, it really hit home because as an actor, as somebody who's out in public, we always get worried that we're not getting approval or acceptance from people. And it's because of the fact that we don't get... Actors are desperate people, guys. We're desperate. <laughs> we're looking for approval, and we're looking for people to tell us that we're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And the most instant way of having that gratification would be a rating system of some kind. Yeah. Regardless of whether it's you know uh, genuine or not, would be the idea that that people would want people want to know if they're doing a good job. They want to be told yeah. you're doing a great job or you're an awesome person. Yeah. And and you could see people would want to jump into a system like this regardless of how corrupt it ends up being simply for the approval. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a weird distillation of also how you can like get back at people yeah. or how if you get into a feud with someone, how that can quickly And you would never know how genuine someone actually is with you. Like, no. do they actually like you as a person or are they doing it just because of the fact that they want to get a, you know, five-star five rating? Stars. And that's, and that's, there are so many scary aspects of the episode while everything is painted in pastels. Yes. And it slowly becomes muddy. That's, yeah. that's also as well too. Yeah. Just like Lacey does, she becomes muddier, literally. Yeah. And, the, and the colors oh, become a little gosh. bit denser. And it's it's such a it's such a good episode, mm-hmm. and 
I I love it so much. It's a it's a really good one. It's uh it, it got a lot of really really good reviews and Jumpstart. Yeah. I always think think the first episode of the season like Cal- uh, USS Callister is an amazing episode as well Phenomenal. that comments on you know people falling into this idea of like you know an alternate reality. Um, Chrissy Milioti deserved more for that. Oh, she did episode. absolutely. She deserved a nomination. Jesse Plemons was phenomenal period. as well too. I mean, he's he's Just, amazing. I was so upset when she didn't get a nomination and he did. It's like, are you? Oh, he, she didn't get a nomination. She did not. I get thought a she got a nomination. I was so oh. mad. They were campaigning for it like crazy. Yes, they were. Hmm. Yes, they were. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I salty got lunch. A lot, of, a lot of feelings on that one. <laughs> so. The next one we're going to talk about is Shut Up and Dance, which is the third episode of the season. Yeah. Oh, really fast. So um, what's the second episode called again? Second episode is called Playtest. Okay. So just to really fast to recap, we watched this first episode of my family and, you know, my family and my now wife. And we go, wow, this episode, that was great. Can we watch the second episode? Oh, no. (laughs) This is, we were were at Sea Ranch, which is in the Mendocino Coast. It's in a really nice, beautiful, kind of like uh, secluded area. We're in a log cabin kind of house, (laughs) which which is, and it's dark. It's dark. There's no technology or civilization of any kind there. And we watch this second episode, which is basically like, I would call it a house of horrors yep. kind of idea. That's what I would call yeah, it. An enormous spider with a human face like attached to it. Absolutely nope, not. nope, nope, nope. After we watched that episode, the silence in the room was deafening. Oh God. And very quietly, my, my, my now wife goes, I think we're going to bed. I think it's time. I think it's time to call tonight. I think we're going to call tonight now. Yeah. Okay. We're good. I, I feel like it's. I feel like it's also worth mentioning that Kenzo's wife is a marine. Yeah. And for her she, to be she's, like, she's, I think she's a it's serious time, badass. Right? She's a serious badass. She's like, nope. Spiders, nope. I'm out. Let's, I'm done. We don't need to watch another one. Yeah. And that, have, that's all about that one. That's, that's I just. If you want to get scared, watch that episode. <sighs> Ooh, that one's and, straight up horror. And call your mother, guys. Call yeah, your mother. That one's straight up horror. <laughs> so it was frightening. I was actually watching that one again in preparation to, for this a little oh. bit, and I was like, I can't even watch the entire episode. Nope. I just can't. Nope. So Shut Up and Dance yes. is, I think, another one that I think is really, I, it, it's a good commentary, especially today, mm-hmm. like in the times we're living in now. And, you know, this this season came out a couple years ago, and Shut Up and Dance is about a, he's a 19-year-old kid getting blackmailed for watching pornography because somebody was watching him through the camera of his computer. Right. And so he's told, okay, you need to go rob this bank and bring us the money or else we're going to release this information right. about you. And along the way, he basically discovers that this... Um, this this blackmail scheme is has a bunch of people all involved who have all done, you know, malicious things, which we don't know the nature of how malicious they actually no. are when they're happening. No. Um, but we kind of follow his story as he meets um, an older middle-aged guy um, named Hector, yeah. who is played by Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Braun from Game of Thrones and... Totally different side of him for this episode. There are times you forget that this is also still a British series, and you're like, oh, right. This is actually the first episode of the season that was a British episode. Oh. It's um, The show for the first two seasons was an entirely British production company. Yeah. And then for the third season, when it was picked up by Netflix, um, half sense. the episodes were shot in the U.S., and half the episodes were done 
in uh, Britain. I'm glad this was you one pay of the attention first to that. Yeah, I do my research, man. I do my studying. Um, and Kenny basically is forced to rob a bank at gunpoint. Um, it, it, what's interesting is for me was Hector, the the guy who's assisting him, is having an affair, right? Yeah. And uh, the one of the women who they meet up with also as well is scared about having something leaked because of business purposes. He don't really tell you what it is at the time. Um, and then you kind of wonder, like, Kenny was watching porn. Is that really? Is this really? Yeah. As bad? I mean, I understand that he's he's this very kind of meek, quiet kid, and he's supposed to be very kind of like yeah, kind of isolated and hidden. But is it really that bad to to you know to, <laughs> uh. to have some alone time? And he gets thrown into these horrible, horrible situations um, to the point where he's engaged in a fist fight with another guy. Yeah, and you find out that that guy. That he has to kill. They have to. Yeah, they have to. They have to kill each other. One of them has to die. Yeah, and the guy that he has to fight is was having to do it because he was caught watching child Child pornography, Mm -hmm. and it was you know, and he had to do all of these things, and he kills the guy, and he leaves the money, but the hacker still released the information anyway for all the people. For all the people. And he still gets arrested, and you find out that Kenny was actually, it was also child pornography. Kenny was actually watching child pornography the entire time. When his mother calls him screaming at him when the video gets released. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, and it's, it's horrifying to know that, you know, and and we know this, like, as a society, we know that people watch these things. We know Big Brother is quote-unquote watching. We, we We know. But I think the scariest part is the idea of, people doing the blackmail and saying you know that you are you know if you do this for me you know i'm not going to release this Mm -hmm. but it is so often that we watch stories that that is the case where they do the thing and it doesn't get released but this is one of those few instances where they they don't care like they're blackmailers they don't care what, it shows the desperation you know. also about how fearful people are about their secrets yeah. getting out. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's actually interesting um, watching this episode again, which which I did as well because I did my research. Look, and watching the way that Kenny interacts at the beginning because he works in a restaurant and he's mm-hmm. a he's a busboy at a restaurant, and he interacts with a little a little girl and gives her a, a toy at the beginning, and knowing what you know at the end it's so of spooky. it. It's really creepy. And it's, it shows the mm. meekness that he might have for this entire um, episode yeah. is actually because he's genuinely afraid of being caught for something that, that is actually horrific. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it's a lot like uh, the episode White Bear, which I believe oh is my in God. season two. Oh, White Bear. White oh, Bear is White one of those Bear. episodes where like, um, and obviously we're not going to give away spoilers for that because it's not that season. But White Bear is very similar in terms of the idea of, um, of um, what's the right word for this? I'm actually blanking out on the right word. I don't know where you're going with this. Do you know where I'm going? Um, vaguely. Because it Uprooting, is... It's, it's about, it's about um, upending our expectations of our hero. Yes, yes. Because we automatically assume that the main character that we're following is infallible. Because yes. that is what the hero's journey is usually about, Correct. is about, even if it is a fallible character, right. finding your flaws, working through them, coming out stronger on the other side. Yeah. 
subverting. That's the right word I was yes. looking for. It's subverting expectations. <laughs> Black Mirror is notorious for subverting expectations and doing it in the mm-hmm. best way possible. And this episode, for me, really, really, it really upset me. I was really annoyed by this because oh, I really yeah. wanted him to get out okay at the end of oh, this. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is that you're so, we're so used to watching stories like that where we see the hero you know, winning at the end and succeeding and, and def- winning, you know, uh, going against the odds right. and defeating the bad guys. But in this situation, he is the bad guy. He is the bad guy. Yeah. And you're, but you're left there sitting and, and not really, you're still kind of not knowing who to root for because on the one hand, you don't want to root for the guy that was watching child pornography because exhibit A. He's watching crap pornography. Yeah. <laughs> and, but exhibit B, you don't want to root for the blackmailers because you're basically rooting for somebody to watch you through your computer camera. Right. So nobody wins in this situation. Nobody does. <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons why, like, I mean, for me personally, like, the episode really hit home in a lot of ways because of that aspect of that, you know, that duality. But I also was really left with it being unhappy as well, too. Yeah. You know, I didn't feel satisfied at all with the ending of that episode. And it was... I guess maybe because the twist, I mean, we can call it a twist. Yeah. Uh, at the end that Kenny's actually, you know, watching child porn, it felt as if it was, um, it felt like almost like it was a big middle finger <laughs> to the audience. Yeah. And personally, I don't like getting, you know, flipped off. No. <laughs> like, no. But I guess that's what the intention was of the episode. I mean, yeah. it's not to say that we truly, we're not supposed to love this, any of the characters involved. They're all horrible people. Yeah. But I didn't like being tricked, I guess, was a way of looking at it. Yeah, and Black Mirror is, is so good about making you hate the show. Oh, yeah. But wanting oh, yeah. to watch the next, next episode. Yeah, you're like, I hate this. Please give me some clarity. I need something better. <laughs> give me <laughs> Wash more. this taste out of my mouth a give little me bit, more. please. <laughs> but so speaking of washing the taste out of your mouth, yeah. the, the episode following Shut Up and Dance is the most, I think, the most palate cleansing episode oh, that Black Mirror yes. has oh. ever made. It's San Junipero, which is. It's, I think it's pretty much everyone's favorite episode. It, it really is. It is. It's one of the best, if not the best episode. It, because it's not, it's not a, it's not a scary as in a frightening episode, but it is, it's scary in a quieter sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Be- yeah. Because you have the two main characters, Kelly and Yorkie, who meet, you meet them at this 80s dance club and in like a California coastal city. Yeah, called San Junipero. Right. And you kind in in watching it you you come to realize that both of them are queer women and being in this world, you know, they they keep kind of insinuating that they can't be together. And right. you're believing that okay, this is the 80s, understandable, cool, we're doing a we're doing a, a an era you know, we're doing we're doing a, a period piece in this episode. Cool. But as you keep watching it, you find out that, oh, no, the reason they can't be together is because there's actually technology that's bringing them here. And this mm-hmm. is not their physical selves. This is their idealized selves. This is like an idea of like, basically throughout the episode, you discover that they are actually avatars for themselves yeah they are they are playing their idealized selves yeah uh they are like 
they are digital versions of their actual personalities uploaded to a cloud mm-hmm. where there are hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of people living in this virtual simulated world, yeah. which has all the tastes, touches, smells, and sights of a real world and is actually a program that is being used um, to uh, allow people the opportunity to kind of live their life after they're able to yeah. for the elderly, for the sick. And in, and when you die, you can have your conscious uploaded to the cloud. completely uploaded to the cloud. And so that's kind of where we're at is that Yorkie is on, is basically in a vegetative state, right? Not necessarily in a coma, but she's been in a vegetative state since she was 21. She got in a car accident. Yeah. Right? She's basically just been living her life in a bed. And mm-hmm. so being in San Junipero has given her meaning, given her purpose. The and first so, opportunities to do these things as yeah. an adult that she yeah. never was able to do. And so she is preparing to be permanently uploaded to San Junipero. And when she meets Kelly, Kelly is not prepared for that yeah. because she feels that she's going against what her family would want. Right. Kelly's Kelly's basically uh, lived an entire full life. She was married to a, a gentleman for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, and she had a daughter who died early on in life. So she and she and her husband had agreed that they were not going to be uploaded to the San Junipero program. In fact, her husband refused to even do the trial run, which is what Kelly is on is on the trial right. run. Uh, like I think it's like five hours a week or something is what yeah. they're given for this trial. They're both on the trial actually. Yeah. Um, and we discover through Kelly's in the real world, Kelly's eyes, she comes to visit uh, Yorkie and finds out that her uh, Yorkie's uh, nurse, I believe, Greg, yeah. Greg yeah. the nurse, nice Greg, uh, is going to marry her so that they can pull the plug on Yorkie and have her completely uploaded to the cloud. Yeah. Which was very, 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 it's very tear-jerking. This episode oh, is very God. tear-jerking all around. Yeah. Um, and, and so instead of Greg marrying Yorkie, he he sits down and talks to Kelly about mm-hmm. what the deal is with Yorkie. And so Kelly actually, you know, they have, they finally have a conversation in San Junipero and talk about what, like what is actually happening. And it's eventually decided that Kelly will. Kelly you know, chooses, no, yeah. Kelly chooses yeah. to marry Yorkie. And after they're married, Kelly still is under the impression that she will still pass over and not be uploaded to the cloud. And now that Yorkie and, and Kelly are married, Yorkie tries to fight her on it. Yeah. Which is, I mean, th- okay, first and foremost, this episode is, is definitely one of my favorite episodes. At that moment when they were arguing about being uploaded or not, yeah. about Kelly being uploaded, yeah. it was not my favorite episode. I was really <laughs> upset, especially after Shut Up and yeah. Dance. Oh, especially after, you know, especially after Nosedive, I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to happen again. Oh. I was so upset about it. Um, it it's, it's an amazing episode. Okay, one of the things that I really saw, which was phenomenal to me this time, was I watched it through this last time. I was amazed at how many video game references are made in the first 10 minutes of the, of the oh, yeah. show. Yeah. The first she's, the first guy that Yorkie talks to, because she's playing a Pac-Man game, Yeah, and he comes up and talks to her and says, you know, it's, it's different whether you play with one player or two players for the ending. And I was mm-hmm. like, really? That's, that's an interesting little foreshadowing thought. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the first thing. And he's actually the one playing Dance Dance Revolution with Kelly later on, too, as well. Oh. And that's different based upon whether you play with two players or one player for the ending, Agreed. too. Agreed, yeah. 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 Um, and what's very fascinating also is watching um, uh, watching Yorkie when she's trying on new outfits to come and see Kelly for the second time. Yeah. Obviously, she's changing her skin for her avatar yeah. to switch through. Uh-huh. And you realize through that is that she is... Obviously, it's an 80s skin, but those are the things that she attaches the most to because that was the last time that she was able to move and she was alive and not in a vegetative state. Yeah. So Kelly even judges her for like, why are you wearing glasses? Like, you don't have to wear glasses here. glasses here. Yeah. That's another nice little She's like, I just like how they look. (laughs) (laughs) They're just who I am. Yeah. This is the first time I'd seen Mackenzie Davis and and Gugum Bathra in anything. They're so good. I was so, I was blown away by this episode. They're so good. And and the nice thing is that we actually do end on a on a happy note. <laughs> yeah, like, we, it's, it's yeah, it's it's kind of. I almost feel kind of like a little bit bittersweet. It is a little bit well. bittersweet. It's it's it has a little bit of melancholy to it, and but it's but it is one of the happiest endings we get in a yes. in a Black Mirror. This and so hang the I, DJ is that's all we get. <laughs> so I feel like when we look at the pantheon of episodes, you're like, yes, this is a happy ending by Black Mirror standards. Right, absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely um, it's almost like a how long will they last? How how happy are they going to be? But the fact that they actually get to have that opportunity, yeah, and especially being like this is the first episode where there are uh, it's a queer relationship, I believe, yeah. also in, in mm-hmm. Black Mirror. Um, watching two folks who are kind of. I guess have been suffocated both by the 1980s aspects of it yeah. and also by their real life situations. Yeah, and not being able to have those relationships and yeah. be able to discover it. Yeah, and even then, it's like they're they're the reason that in their in their in the current time period, the reason that their relationships aren't aren't suffocated is not because of their sexuality. It's because no. of their literal circumstances. It's just circumstances. Yeah, and it, and it's so nice to see. It's like okay, they're actually showing. There's, there is that difference mm-hmm. and that you can translate both. And it is still a universal theme of people often can't be together for a variety of circumstances, regardless of time period, regardless of, you know, situations. It all, it all is so universal. Right. I think that's a thing that, that a lot of people love about San Junipero is that it is this love story that is that people can relate to it is and even though it's set in the future time but also set in the past and (laughs) it's you know there's there's a lot of jumping back and forth there's a lot of time period switches yorkie actually goes through several different looking for kelly looking for kelly so she goes to like the 90s night and is and like the goth metal in the early 2000s alanis morissette long hair range yeah and it's like have you guys seen kelly it's like no she hasn't been here (laughs) right and you have to try different time periods because they had gotten an argument before that i believe yeah she was looking for her yeah that's when they because they find out that they're on the trial program and that yeah. that's the night that they both just happen to do it. Yeah. So it's it's also kind of a version of almost like second life. Yeah. So it's 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 really it's such it's such a beautiful episode. It really it it's definitely the episode that made me go, "Okay, now I have to watch the entire first and second seasons." Yeah. Just to to 
to get the full experience of what these episodes yeah. are all about. And then you realize that, oh, the first and second seasons are also not as lovely as this episode. No, no. <laughs> but what's interesting about um, the first and second seasons, especially, is that, I mean, like, we, we talked about this for a brief second. They use a lot of the same recurring um, technology over yeah, and over again. Yeah, yeah. And this was like, and they also do hints about it, too. You've already talked about season four. Yes. So, like, there's the St. Juniper hospital where they're doing all the testing for the stuff which ends up becoming the consciousness stuff yeah uh in what's that black museum i think it is in the episode black museum at yes. the end of the season yes they also don't they use it in another episode of season four i think they do uh they do a transfer of consciousness in, yeah in they, black museum also as well with the with the bear okay yes because they they like to one thing that they oh it's um it's isn't it? It's basically USS Callister kind of yeah. Uses Callister uses it with same, the same yeah the same implants. technology. So it's basically showing like these are the different things that you can actually do with this technology, which right. I think makes it even scarier. <laughs> well, yeah, and then they also use it as well in um, the idea of these little these consciousness consciousnesses these these different. Uh, like avatars of yourself, mm-hmm. uh, they occur in White Christmas. They use it with the pebble in White Christmas. White Christmas um, in season two, and then also you could even look at Hang the DJ. The other uplifting yeah. episode yeah. is pretty much the idea of these simulations being played out with actual personalities. Yeah, uh, testing to see compatibility in a dating scenario. Yeah, yeah. It's that episode also is the one that makes me all emotionally happy. Oh, Hang the DJ. Hang the DJ is a good one so too. Good. Great so episode. good. Great episode. Great episode. So let's go into the fun part. So I was looking up online. That wasn't the fun part? I mean, this is also the fun part. The secondary fun part. Tertiary (laughs) fun part. Anyway, so there are... People were pitching things on Twitter for what they think a Black Mirror episode should be. Okay. And... I'm just going to pitch a few of them to you and <laughs> oh, you no. need to tell me if they're scary or nah. <laughs> so scary or nah, that's the only yeah. words I can use to... Okay. I mean, you can you can also <laughs> say more. So streaming services buy up all the sounds in existence. You then have to pay a subscription to be able to hear anything in your everyday life without being bombarded with ads every few minutes. Oh. <laughs> and this is just for sounds. This is just that for is, sounds. That would be terrifying right so you'd have to pay to talk to somebody basically or pay to hear from somebody you have to pay to hear them without having ads oh geez that would be atrocious yeah ads everywhere that is the oh man speaking of ads that's one of the things i'm looking forward to the most for uh ralph rex the internet Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seeing how they oh deal with pop-ups and spam. Oh, my God. I'm so excited <laughs> for that movie. That is that is a terrifying idea. I would... I, I don't know how... I don't know how visually it would associate as well. I think it could be something similar to what they did for White Christmas, where people fuzz out when... That would be... But that would be... We're talking about audio as opposed to visual, Right. Yeah, I, I think this. I think it would be a really. Good... I think visually it'd be interesting to see, like, like you know, pop ups. Like you would have it on your attached to your your lenses. Yeah, and you had to pay to see certain content. Yeah, like you have to walk through. Let's say you you want you wanted to watch a movie. Yeah, the movie would be a blank screen. If you want to pay for it, you have to pay for the content to watch it any time. Yeah. 
whatever you're watching. Though I think this, it wouldn't, I don't think that concept would be good as a podcast either because you would want to see the difference between when somebody is paying for content or, you know, paying for their subscription and being able to listen to things ad free versus when they have to listen to ads. That's true. I think it would just, it would definitely be a graphics department. I think it would definitely be, it would be definitely interesting to watch it, uh, as almost an encompassing all media in your life kind of idea. Like you have to pay to look at your, to pay to look at your child and, and have them cry and hear them cry and stuff like that. You have to pay for the baby package. (laughs) That'd be horrible. So much. That'd be the worst. Oh, it's, that's definitely the white Christmas aspect is one of the scariest things about it is that he gets, he gets flagged as being a, what is it as being a, as being a, a, a felon or whatever it is. Yeah. So then everyone's blurred out or yeah. he's blurred out to everyone. Yeah. And no one can look at John Hamm. No one can look at John Hamm. And that is a tragedy. <laughs> it really is. John Hamm for Batman, y'all. Seriously. Uh, John Hamm for Batman. I love John him. Hamm would be the Bruce Wayne. Every time me. he shows up in anything, I'm like, oh, John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you scream that out loud? The theater? Like, yes. John Hamm. <laughs> yes. Every single time. I'm so excited to see him in everything. So the second one is future of Tinder for people who want kids. You give the app your DNA, then swipe left or right on realistic generated photos of the kids it knows you would make with the other users. Interesting. That's an interesting one. It's very similar to Be Right Back, the episode Be Right Back from season four. Yes. Um, Is that season four or season two? Season two, I think. Yes. Be Right Back is season two. Yep. And yes. uh, no spoilers, but Be Right Back season two has an amazing cast of Donald Gleason and uh, uh, what's her name? Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's an amazing episode, too. Yeah. That, that's immediately what it reminded me of was the idea mm-hmm. of being able to create what you want out of your child or your spawn or what have you. Yeah. And then what happens when it's more one than the other? Yeah. Or like the, maybe there's certain traits that you didn't look at that you didn't discuss that don't work out well together with each other. Yeah. Like how can you have a perfect child? Yeah. That's that's a pretty messed up idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Pretty... I could see that one actually being a really good one to watch as well visually. Yes. Because of the idea that you'd watch this child grow up. Yeah. And seeing how the choices they make, and you wonder, did I make the right choice with this kid doing this thing? Yeah. I think it would have to include more of like what potential the child had to yes versus what they end up having right yeah because looks of your child like okay that's mostly for vain people but Mm -hmm. okay what if you know if you marry this person yeah the child looks really attractive but they're not gonna be very smart they're gonna have all these things if they have a certain quota of things that they can actually it's almost like you're building a sim character yeah and you can you can't have everything full all the way up you have to adjust stuff right so yeah, that whew, that would be good to watch. Yeah, watch give that. a kid a nine in looks, but a six in empathy, and see what happens. Oh my god, you know? what a monster! You yeah. basically have Ted Bundy. <laughs> Actually, he's a one in empathy. Let's be real. So, third one: a man spends all day at a sad and boring office job. His only consolation is his wife, who he talks to on the phone all the time, but you never see her. And at the end of the episode, he gets home and you realize his wife was the phone itself. So it's it's basically her. Yeah, but it's like he's married to the phone. That's really interesting. I would I would say that with an episode like that, because of the idea that it does seem like it would be one note yeah. for a lot of it, um, I would say that it had to be... There would have to have be some kind of conflict 
some kind of overarching conflict that you see that he only gets through because of his wife. Yeah. And then it ends up that there has to be something more. That, I mean, it's a great concept, but there has to be yeah. something more to it I for a full hour-long episode. I think if he was like away on a business trip and he was, you know, always on the phone with his wife and then all of a sudden something happens where it's like, you know, all of a sudden it's like, I can't get a hold of my wife. You know, something's happening, you know, and there's there's the fear of, you know, oh, we think that somebody's, that his wife is 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 dead but he can't get back to her wherever he is and so it's like all these things are preventing him from getting to her but then you find out that it's like oh he actually just can't get to wherever he needs to go like he forgets his charger or yeah. something like that oh, and he God. can't and he and he has a specific adapter and he's in a different country and he can't find the adapter for his phone yeah and we get through it like that'll be the impetus of the last three last quarter of the yeah. of the episode. So you think to him like almost like okay, this guy is overly attached to his wife. Yeah, you know, and he like, cuts his business trip short and everything like that. Yeah, and then gets home, gets home and then is able to his plug it in. in. And he goes, "Oh, you're bad." I got you. And then and then it's like you just oh, are you been are you there? Okay, and you know, but then it's like that we pan over and we actually see like the things of just like oh no, this dude's actually married to his phone. Yeah, the entire Yikes. time. Yeah, okay, we fixed the. That's actually fixed a really the good. Bitch. That's a really good three-part story because then you would have the first act being like him getting this offer for a great job yeah. or a great transition. Then you have the second part of it being where his tra- you, he moves over and flies across and she helps him deal with all these things that are going on in yeah. his life. Maybe he's very introverted or maybe he's very uncomfortable. Maybe he's nervous. He has yeah. tics, you know. And then the third act is he loses her and yeah. he has to go back and try to find her or get her. He th- you think it's his wife the entire time. Yeah. But his wife actually fun. That actually that'd be, yeah. that'd be an interesting show. Oh. oh my gosh. He's like he's like, Well, I can't do this meeting without you. And she goes, like, I'll be here. You just hang up the phone for an hour, get through the meeting, you know, we discuss this, and then yeah. he comes back and now he can't get her back. Yeah. Like after his successes or something like that. So much. That'd be a good one, actually. That's a really good episode now. <laughs> it's like, I would watch that episode. I would watch that episode. So the last one I have is, a girl finds out she's living in a simulation, but if she does anything to show she knows, she'll be shut down. And so she has to live with the fact that all of her loved ones aren't real and that her life has been meaningless. So basically a Truman Show style. Yeah. Interesting. But I think there's higher stakes with this one. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Because it's, it's death. Yes. But I don't know how that one would end. Like, I don't know. It's a know. game show. Yeah. The whole thing would end where it's actually not real stakes, where it you find out that it's all been a trick that's being done inside oh. a simulated world. I'm not even watching this episode, but now I'm really sad. <laughs> but that's, that's, what, that's how Black Mirror would end it, right? Yeah, I mean, they that, would. If you think, I mean, can you think about it, Black Mirror's twist is always to subvert, and now I figured out the word, subvert. Um, the trick with Black Mirror is it's always about subverting expectations. So the expectation would be all these stakes mean so, so much, and then they actually don't at the end. Yeah. A lot of Black Mirror is watching, and you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then you end the episode, and you're like, well, I'm unhappy now. <laughs> Except for Hang the DJ and Sanjay Apero. Seriously. <laughs> like, why do I do this to myself? Why do I watch this show? I'm so unhappy after I but then, watch it. No, no, no. But that's the thing, though. There's always that one episode a season yeah. where you're happy. And Callister's the same way. USS yeah. Callister's the same way. Like where you go like, oh, these, these, these are horrible people uh, using technology for horrible means. And then every once in a while you get a Kelly and Yorkie and you're like, okay, good. We're good. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Yeah. You just, you just hope that you get one of the episodes that's, you're like, oh, I hope this ends well. Because <laughs> that's, that's, 
That is Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, it is. I hope it, things end well. They Black, Black Mirror is, is one of those those shows which you watch it once and you go, okay, I've gotten through it. <laughs> and you and, and it, everyone should watch it because it is a really important uh, commentary on technology and yeah. the society we live in. I mean, sure, these things are science fiction. This is science fiction, but it's f- close enough to our reality where we are right now where it's something we might have to be conscious of because it it really is about the morality of technology. Yeah. I mean, where does a human being come from? Is it from our human physical form or is it a consciousness yeah. idea? You know, uh, is it fair to rate human beings based upon a scale and yeah. system? Is that the best way to, to give somebody approval? You know, mm-hmm. it's it, stuff like that is, is, is actually, it, it's very... Uh, it's very Nietzschean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love this show so much, though. Charlie Brooker is a genius. The idea that you can have conversations like this for, I mean, and we're barely grazing the surface of three episodes. You can have yeah. a conversation for hours about a season and or talk about, about a, the overall Or arc. a single episode. Or a single episode. I mean, we could spend, we could literally spend three hours talking about, you know, the first episode of the first season, especially with the political climate we're in right now. Oh, my God. You know? <sighs> that might just have to be what i do just talking about that one episode <laughs> oh there's so much happening in that one episode there's so much happening in every episode or the oh. idea of what's that called what's the one with the the blue bear becomes waldo oh yeah that waldo episode that's another great example of that like oh jeez. Oh, now you're making me not want to talk about either of the is that your next two it. is it season one and season two? Oh no that's just too much or white christmas also white christmas is one you could talk about for hours too there are like a thousand and it's, it's john ham yay yay there's like a thousand things happening in in white christmas oh yeah yeah and it just never seems to end and then it does and you're just it is not what you were expecting yeah. at all. <laughs> Actually, White Christmas is one of those episodes as well, too, that I believe it was shot as a, as, a, as a holiday episode. Yeah. It's completely separate from the rest of the anthology. Yes. And yet, at the same time as well, all the technology that's used in it really shows up a lot in seasons three and four. Yeah. That's kind of where everything really kind of starts coming together in terms yes. of the technology aspects yes, of it. Yes, yes. I love Black Mirror. What a great show. Mm-hmm. So, If you haven't watched it, sorry we spoiled all of it. Well, that's why there's a spoiler alert at the top of the episode. <laughs> so we're going to go into the 30-second pitch. So Kenzo will have 30 seconds to pitch a show that he thinks that everybody should be watching. And oh, well, I... Can I get 10 seconds to think about what I'm going to try and say here? I haven't thought well, about this yet. Well, I will let you say what show it is, and then I will count you down, and then you'll have your 30 seconds. Okay. Hold on. Let me think about this for a second. This is going to be edited together, right? It's fine. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, what show should I... show have I been pitching at all recently at all? Holy moly. Ah, got it. Okay. Okay, so what show are you going to be pitching? Glow. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to count you down in three, two, one, go. Okay. As a wrestling fan, I started watching the show Glow because I thought it'd be about wrestling. I was wrong. It's about relationships. Glow is one of the most amazing shows regarding female relationships in a time period that uh, it was not very friendly for females. You need to see Glow. 
you absolutely need to watch it. Phenomenal from Allison Brie. Uh, the actual wrestling is great, but the show itself is completely the best. Watch it. Fantastic. Yeah. How's that? Glow, Glow's, Glow's so good. <laughs> Glow Glow's is... So good. I, okay. I was watching Glow... And we can't really... This is going to be completely off now, and knowing that we've already done the, the trailer for it, uh, uh, or done the review. I watched Glow with, with my wife, with mm-hmm. Ashley, and she knows nothing about wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the moment where um, Liberty Bell goes, it's like a soap opera. That was me too. That was where she actually goes, me. oh, <laughs> like everyone that in the was, audience goes, oh, I get it now. Okay. That was me too. I am not a big wrestling fan. And the minute she says that, I actually started crying because it was like, it's it, a revelation. It was a revolution. It was a revelation for me. It was a re- revelation for her. Betty Gilpin is amazing. Oh, I'm, she's amazing. I'm low-key obsessed with her. So. Season two for her, by the way. Oh, my God. an amazing character arc. She's, I think one was a little bit... I think one was more of an experiment. and was kind of more the Allison Brie show in yeah. a lot of ways. But the season two, man. So good. So very good. Very good show. Everybody should very watch Glow. You did a review of that, didn't you? I season did. Season two. I did. There's some weird aspects of that sh- of the show, too. But it's an amazing oh. show to watch. I love it. I love yes. it so much. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Really thank appreciate you so much it. for having me, it's Jack. It's always good to see you. Oh. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Kenzo, is there anywhere where the people can watch you or <laughs> can follow you? Yes. Um, I do have some projects coming up. Unfortunately, I've signed a lot of NDAs, so I can't talk about them. But if you want to find out what's going on with me, you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at the handle at who's Kenzo Lee. That's W H O S Kenzo Lee. You can find me on Facebook and I hope to see you guys on the small screen and big screen really soon. Yeah. I like to hear that. Yeah. So you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jack loves TV. I don't have any projects coming up at the current you moment. You have this podcast, Jack. I have this podcast. This will this always be here. This will. This is true. And Hamilton's is happening tonight, but by the time you all hear this, it will be in the past. <laughs> so if you are interested in Hamilton Sing Along, we're doing one in LA in November and December. Check out Hamilton's LA for those dates. I want to thank my producer, Christian, for everything he does. And I'm part of the Zeitheist Network, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.